Hello and welcome to Stuck in the 90s. We are your weekly nostalgia podcast chronicling the years 1990 through 1999. We are your hosts. My name is Chris Elphick. And I'm Connor Thompson. If you're joining us for the first time, we are a podcast where we just go through every week through the 90s. We pick out news, music, movies, and anything cool that we can find from this week and just roll with it. This week we are focusing on September 30th through October 6th in the year 1998. All right, September 30th, The Secret Lives of Men premiered today. We only mention this because it sounds awful and starred Peter Gallagher, also known as Sandy Cohen from The O.C. It got canceled after a month. Also on this date, Socialist 30 is asked to reform government. Albanian President Rexhep Mejdani asked the Socialist Party's Secretary General, Pandeli Majko, to form a government setting the stage for the 30-year-old to become Europe's youngest head of government. We gotta step up our game. Yeah. 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 Um, who wants to form a country? Yay! Anyway, let's move on to October 1st. Utility resurrects Ready Kilowatt. After 25 years in retirement, Ready Kilowatt, the lightning bolt character that promoted the use of electricity, is making a comeback. The Northern States Power Company is resurrecting Ready Kilowatt in advertising and direct marketing materials, sharing the spotlight with a recently created sibling, Ready Flame, which represents the northern state's natural gas operations. America uses kilowatts? Does electricity need to be advertised? October 2nd, New Disneyland Hours put twist in private parties. Inconveniencing some corporate clients, Disneyland plans to stay open late Fridays this fall, forcing groups that book the park for private parties to share it with regular customers or take their revelries elsewhere. The private parties, from 7 or 8 p.m. until 1 a.m., have been popular events in the theme park's off-season, which begins after Labor Day. Typically, 6 to 10 groups a year book private parties, said spokesman Ray Gomez. Disneyland extended its closing time on Fridays from 7 to 10 p.m. because, quote, Friday night is an active night for people to go out and seek entertainment, and it's a good night to come to Disneyland. (laughs) That's right, it's the 90s. Everywhere is expanding their hours, even Disneyland. We're gonna move on to October 3rd. So, remember how everything getting turned into TV? shows is a thing, at least was a thing. Today brings us Mortal Kombat Conquest. It starred a guy named Paolo Montalban, whose Wikipedia article specifically states that he is, quote, not related to Ricardo Montalban. He played an exiled monk named Kung Lao, a character from Mortal Kombat 2, aka Liu Kang with a hat. It also starred Kristana Loken, who went on to play the female Terminator in T3. The biggest problem, actually the only problem I have with this show, uh, considering I never watched it, is that Conquest is spelt with a C instead of a K in Mortal Kombat fashion. Faux pas. Also, we've got a news article from today. Man arrested with with herbs freed at trial. <laughs> a judge in Venita, Oklahoma dismissed a driving under the influence case against a black man who was arrested with what turned out to be a bag of herbs. Oh my god. Seriously? Yeah, we've got two Disneyland stories this week. October 4th. Disneyland closes rides early, says business slow. Alright, it's been two days and uh, already that staying open late gamble regret didn't work. For the first time in its 43 year history, Disneyland has begun closing large numbers of rides early including all of Toontown and such signature attractions as the Haunted Mansion and Jungle Cruise. The move drew immediate fire from frequent park visitors and from former Disneyland president Jack Lindquist, who said it shortchanges guests. So, in this week alone, Disneyland is staying open later, so you can get in later, but you 
can't go on any rides. Smart. I'll do October 5th as well, because I know you want to do the 6th. All right. October 5th, much more music is launched in Canada. That's right. The uh, the bigger brother? Little brother to much music? I think little brother to much music. Much music is our MTV. Yeah. Also, we found an article titled The Big View on Microsoft. U.S. District Judge Thomas Penfield Jackson will begin presiding next week over a trial intended to bring some law and order to the Wild West of cyberspace. The question before Jackson may seem legalistic. Has Microsoft, as the Justice Department and 20 state attorneys general assert, engaged in a broad pattern of anti-competitive behavior since 1991? Yes. Absolutely. I'm pretty sure the answer is yes. Yeah. All right. Let's close out the week with October 6th. I want to take a moment to touch on some alternative music that came out today. One of the reasons we're doing this is because we did 1998 a couple weeks ago, and the music hasn't changed a lot, so we're branching out a little bit. Today, God damn it, the debut album from punk rock band Alkaline Trio came out. Uh, this band was really more prominent in the 2000s, but if you're looking for a 90s connection, lead singer Matt Skiba has now officially joined Blink-182 after Tom DeLonge kind of went off to look for a Aliens. That's actually true. Best. Also today, Hello Rockview from the ska punk band Less Than Jake was released. Their song, All My Best Friends Are Metalheads, is pretty awesome and was featured in the soundtrack to Digimon the Movie. Oh, I remember. Yeah. Uh, it was also in Tony Hawk 3, I think. One of the Tony Hawk games. Okay. Lots of people like to compare Pokemon versus Digimon, and that is a debate for another time. But I will say, on this podcast, I'm going on record that Digimon had a way better soundtrack. Agreed. Also, Less Than Jake, they're actually a pretty good a pretty good band if you're into ska punk but here's the thing we had this really annoying friend in high school who really liked them and that kind of soured the whole deal for me i think that's something that everyone can relate to there's a band that maybe you would have liked if you know that one guy didn't overkill them for you yeah if he would have just shut up about less than jake a little bit more maybe i'd be super into them damn it casey all right moving on to movies in the box office this week at the number one spot Ants, aka not a bug's life. Opposite of a bug's life. Yep. It's just kidding. It's the same movie. Yeah, pretty much. It just has like Woody Allen in it, so it's like you know weirder. In the number two spot, one of my favorite Robin Williams movies, also featuring very prominently Cuba Gooding Jr., won the Oscar for what was it? Uh, visual effects, I think. Best visual effects. That's right. It's a super cool movie. What dreams may come. Yeah, I just looked it up, but I also forgot what it was immediately. <laughs> the quick review is that uh, Robin Williams is married, he has kids, his kids are killed Ooh. in an accident, then his wife commits suicide, it's pretty horrible, and he lives in her paintings when he dies, that's his version of heaven, but then he has the opportunity to go and like rescue his wife from living in hell forever for having committed suicide, it's a whole big thing. Ooh. But the visual effects are, especially for 1998, excellent. I've never seen this movie, and it it's sounds like really something good. I should uh, give a chance. Wow. Oh yeah, the whole, the whole sequence good. of him being in her paintings is super well done. Uh, you know what else is in the box office this week? We've got a couple good ones next. Rush Hour. Oh my god. Yeah? Rush Hour? Yeah. Um, number four, we've got Night at the Roxbury. These are two very iconic 90s movies, I think. One Emilio! launching the series. Oh my god. Uh, number five, we've got Ronin, the prequel to 47 Ronin. Uh, moving down the list. Ooh, there's something about Mary at number seven. Mm-hmm. Saving Private Ryan at nine. Blade at 11. I think that's about it. All so, right, slipping into the Billboard Hot 100. In the number one spot, we have The First Night by Monica. Ooh, moving down the list, oh, no. we've got I Don't Want to Miss a Thing by Aerosmith. But Ooh. number three. Ooh. 
yeah. that's new. Yeah, at the number three spot, debuting Holy for its shit. first week, one week, by the Bare Naked Ladies. It's been one week since you looked at me. Dropped your arms to the sides and said I'm sorry. Five days since I laughed at you and said you just did just what I thought you were gonna do. I think I just got way too giddy with excitement. I love this song. I Who mean, doesn't? It's so fast. It's so fast, it's so catchy, it just makes you feel good. You know, the Bare Naked Ladies are pretty much as wholesome Canadian as it gets, except for, say for the cocaine thing. And their name. The name's okay. a little, uh... Yeah, too. I remember at one point in 1994, I was up pretty late. They were performing on some late night show, and it's like, up next, the Bare Naked Ladies. And I'm bow. like, oh, bow, bow. That's, uh, that's a little too grown up for me. Anyway, we're gonna round up the top five. We've got Crush by Jennifer Page at number four. Great song. And last song, I'll Be by Edwin McCain. I don't think we're gonna go too far down this list, because like we said, we did 1998 a couple weeks ago. Number 13, we've got You're Still the One by Shania Twain. I think we should skip down to number 26. All right. I don't know if you've seen this yet. Hmm. We've got Because of You by 98 Degrees. This is probably one of their first singles, I think. Uh, I don't have anything to substantiate that with. Okay. Mm. Let's, I think we should end it at number 51. All right. What's number 51? Number 51 is Invasion of the Flat Booty Bitches by Too Short. I'll let you handle that one. I have nothing to say about this song. It's just a very funny name. All right. While we're still in music, uh, we wanted to talk about a couple of the top albums from 98, just because this week is a shorter week. Yeah. We don't have a lot to talk about about the actual songs, so albums it is. And this gives us something to just touch on different music that may not chart as singles, but yeah. the whole album sells well. Such as our number one, uh, we've got Mechanical Animals by Marilyn Manson. That's a name I don't see on the Billboard Hot 100 as singles, but obviously he was, he was super popular. prominent in the 90s. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Number two, we've got the Armageddon soundtrack oh, featuring, God. of course, I Don't Want to Miss a Thing by Aerosmith. Moving on. Yeah. Ooh, we've got Celine Dion at number three. This is the Canadian top 20 albums, by the way. We've got Hello Nasty by the Beastie Boys. Holding, uh, holding strong at number four. And rounding out the top five, we've got Celebrity Skin by Hole. These are all, for the most part, not super mainstream artists, but all names we know. Yeah. So that is just an example of how the 90s definitely had so much diverse music. All right, let's move on to uh, a little bit of 90s news now. Backstreet will be back, and back, and back, and back in Las Vegas. According to the Associated Press, the Backstreet Boys confirmed reports Friday that they will begin a Planet Hollywood residency in Vegas next year. Backstreet Boys, Larger Than Life, will feature members Nick Carter, Howie DeRoe, Brian Luttrell, AJ McLean, and Kevin Richardson. Luttrell said in a statement the show will be like a typical Backstreet Boys concert on steroids. I have super mixed feelings about this. One, positive. The Backstreet Boys are getting back together and doing a Vegas residency. That is kind of awesome, but it also kind of makes me sad. Something about a Vegas residency just spells maybe career stagnation or something. Britney Spears did it for a few years. Elton John did it. Yeah, and I don't know. Like, yeah. both of them, I mean, Elton John is timeless, and I would say arguably Britney Spears is as well. I She's, knew you were going to say that. Oh yeah, you knew I was going to say that. She has a new album out. It's, it's all right. I really want to go. I want to see them, but I'm sad. This isn't a worldwide tour. This isn't selling out stadiums. This is, this is a show in Vegas. All right. That's just about it for 90s news now. Yeah. I think we will move on to This Week On. Yes. Every week on the podcast, we pick an episode of either Friends, 
Seinfeld or The Simpsons. And we just run you through a little plot synopsis of that episode uh, because we think these are three of the most prominent shows throughout the 90s. This week we're bringing you an episode of Friends. Seinfeld is over. It's the end of the 90s. It's a sad time. This is the beginning of the new TV season, the first without Seinfeld. Yeah. And The Simpsons is kind of weird. They had a couple episodes, but now they have a couple episodes off or a couple weeks off until the Treehouse of Horror. So we are bringing you Friends Season 5, Episode 2, the one with all the kissing. Monica and Chandler are still seeing each other without telling anyone. Ross keeps confusing Emily's and Rachel's names and has a lot of rage. Rachel comes back from Greece. She pretends that she isn't mad at Ross for abandoning her on the plane. Rachel puts Monica in charge of her love life and decisions because Rachel always chooses the wrong way. Chandler has to kiss Rachel and Phoebe all the time because they always catch him kissing Monica. So there's a lot going on in this episode. I remember watching in prime time the one where uh, Ross marries Emily, but says Rachel's name. And that and, oh my insane. God, that was the biggest deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- I don't remember this episode specifically, but there are seeds of things that have continued throughout the series. This is the beginning of Chandler and Monica's relationship. Obviously, there was huge fallout from the whole wedding shenanigans. I remember this one because Chandler having to awkwardly kiss Phoebe and Rachel <laughs> was so funny to me. I was 10, so... Forgive me, but it was it was hilarious. I mean, Chandler's so awkward. Oh yeah, Chandler has awkwardness down to a T, and yeah, I think it really planted the seeds for things that would continue on for the rest of the series. I think that's about all we have to say about that. Yep, good episode of Friends. It's nice to get Friends in there. It is. All right, let's slip into our '90s spotlight. So we were going to talk about online dating in the '90s, but five seconds of research reveals to us that that wasn't a thing. E-harmony. It was. Yeah, kind it of. It just was a lot more niche and. Crazy. Like, eHarmony wasn't founded until 2000. Christian Mingle, obviously number two to eHarmony, wasn't founded until 2001. No OkCupid, no Plenty of Fish, no Tinder, no Grindr. I was just kidding about Christian Mingle. But it did lead us to this really cool article on video dating. Yeah, video dating was very strangely a thing in the 90s. And we're just going to read a little bit from the article. And yeah, because it puts it way better than I think we could. So this article comes from the Washington Post as part of a series called First Jobs, where people go over the first job that they ever had, and this girl happened to work for a video dating service. Listen to how people used to date in the 90s, kind of. I think most people probably found a way to not do this. Okay, so this is what she says. Video dating was the 90s version of online dating. To join, you'd pay a fee and then come in to film your video. The video was just you talking about what you were looking for in a partner and telling them a little bit about yourself and the things that you liked or didn't like. Then you could go into a huge room filled with other people's VHS tapes that had their names and vital stats written on the label. It actually says vital stats. You know, the usual things you look for in a partner. Someone would lead you to the area for people in your age range and you would pick a few that sounded interesting. You could watch them in a screening room right there in the office or check them out and take them home just like you were at a blockbuster. Here's the best part though. On Friday nights, the dating service hosted mixers where everyone would come in, have cocktails, and check each other out in real life. This girl's job was to sit at the front desk and greet people when they came in and to check their membership cards. She goes on about how this was very uncomfortable because people would be coming in from all sorts of situations ranging from like, you know, mildly interested to hard on their sleeve, desperate to meet anyone who will give them the time of day, let alone enter a relationship with them. You can only imagine how uncomfortable it would get because the 90s were a time when video dating was not for the average 
person, it's, I would yeah, say. It's not it's not Tinder. No, it's very niche. Yeah, not a lot of people would do it. I think people still met people in real life back then. And this is a very uniquely 90s thing as well, because I think prior to the 1990s, video cassettes weren't really enough of a thing to prompt something like this to exist. And obviously after the 90s, the internet came along and we've got Was our... there DVD dating, you think? How funny would it be if there was a company that moved straight from VHS dating to DVD dating. That would have been like, really funny. Like Netflix, how they started out as a DVD delivery yeah. service. Here are 50 DVDs. Well, like, no, here's like one DVD with like 50 people jammed on it. Yeah. Within your, I guess, age range. What if like, what if like an old dude comes in and is like, she leads, uh, she leads him over to the, let's say 40 to 40 to 55 range. Oh, I love like, where no. this is going. No, I want to go over there. 18. Yeah, I want yeah. I want 18 to 22. Oh. And just imagine how uncomfortable it would be to be that girl. And it's like, are, are you sure you don't want... Uh, you'll get Maybe you'll get more responses from these people. I don't need to watch the tapes. What are their phone numbers? Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. I mean, that, yes. on the flip side, I think at least the tapes were probably a bit more genuine and less creepy than I imagine online dating is for some people out there. I find this wildly interesting because it's such a... Such a weird thing that existed for such a short amount of time. Yeah, that everything was in the right place for this to exist. Video... One more thing I think I have to say. Okay. Do you remember the Mad TV skit, Lowered Expectations? Oh, uh, yes, I do. Yeah, I don't... I think looking back, it probably wasn't that funny, but it was hilarious at the time. Just all the little characters they would put on for the online dating videos. And that was just indicative of what was, I guess, at least to some extent, for some people, a popular thing. That was the stereotype, that you had to be a total weirdo to do video dating. Mm -hmm. And now it's less so. Like, yeah. regular people are on Tinder. And then there's me for some reason. Hey. All right, let's move on to our sponsor. So every week on the show, we have a sponsorship segment. Sometimes we have legitimate sponsors who give us 10 bucks and then we plug their wares or their web pages or whatever. Uh, oh, this week- we'll plug your dating profile. Oh my God, we will plug your Tinder. More on that later. This week, we do not have a sponsor. So we made a fake sponsor just to, you know, just to keep our wits about us this week. Stuck in the 90s is brought to you by Flannel. That's right. From edgy 90s musicians and grunge and punk. Kurt Cobain. To Al Borland. Al frickin' Borland. Flannel was the shirt of choice. It was the material of choice. What's interesting for us, I think, as Canadians, is that flannel never went out of style. There was no period between the 90s and now where people weren't wearing flannel. Yeah, that's It uh, is ever-present. Have you noticed that flannel has become more of a... It's become way more of a girl thing than it was in the 90s. That's true. I like it. I don't know what that makes me. Does it make me an Al Borland sexual? Maybe. I'm wearing flannel right now. And I have a beard. But you don't have a tool belt. Ah, and not on me. That just doesn't see... That, that's, that doesn't That's do a it. deal breaker okay. right there. That's true. I'm yeah. ill prepared. Yeah, flannel was a really big... I remember being in elementary school... And we would have classes at the high school like once every every once, week or once two. a week. I think it was two every, weeks. Yeah, I think it was every other week. It was like a home ec kind of thing. Sla half home ec, half sex ed. And I remember it seemed like 
everyone was wearing flannel and that was the cool thing. Again, hard to tell whether that was a 90s thing or a Canada thing. I think it was more a 90s thing though. Even when you look at like TV shows, I think it was indicative of like the older cool kids. We were young in the 90s. We were six, eight, 10, depending on what year you're looking at. And this was something that you'd see the older cool kids wearing and you'd see it in real life. You'd see it on TV. Yeah, there was no grungy flannel section for seven-year-olds. So flannel, we would like to give you a huge shout out for being just the coolest fashion trend ever. And in Canada for never really being a trend, but being a staple. All right, this podcast promotes wearing flannel. All right, uh, we do not have the wheel with us. So unlike last week where the randomization led us to 98, this week we're just gonna choose a year that we haven't done in a while. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, while you're picking a year, I'll uh, get through a little bit of housekeeping. You can find us online at stuckinthe90spodcast.com. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash stuckinthe90s. Podcast? Stuck in the 90s podcast. Uh, our email address, stuckinthe90spodcast at gmail.com. Our Twitter, SIT90S. SIT90s. That stands for Stuck in the 90s. Instagram, you probably guessed it, Stuck in the 90s podcast. You're quick. You're catching on quick. Yeah. If you want to be a $10 sponsor. Oh, I forgot that. We'll plug your wares. We'll plug your Etsy. We'll plug your YouTube page. We'll plug your Tinder profile. We've got some legitimate reach right now. Maybe there's a, you know, a lady and or a gentleman who are interested, just waiting oh. to find your Tinder profile from our podcast. Can we send out like love messages? If we can make a match happen, I will be so happy that with this would podcast. Be the coolest. Ten bucks, we'll plug your stuff, shoot us an email, it'll be cool. Let's just start a dating site, Podcast Singles. Podcast Singles. <laughs> Alright, next week we are doing October 7th through 13th, 1995. 95, alright, that's a good year. But <laughs> you say, say that, that every time. Week. They're all good years, that's why the I podcast know. is called Stuck in the 90s. I know. I've got a problem, and it's that I'm obsessed with a decade from, you know, a while ago. Until next week. The podcast, podcast is, is now over. over.